This is the Green Style Podcast. I'm Nicola Chollis, and this is the story of two Aussie girls, one being myself, me, Lucy Roth, as well as our mate from New Zealand. Kia ora, I'm Mahafir. We speak with brands presenting an alternative to the status quo. These brands offer an in-depth look behind the scenes. We look at what makes these brands a better choice for a more sustainable future. We find out the who, what, where and why so you can make ethical decisions. We love fashion, but we also love our planet. Join us every episode for the Green Style podcast. You can also find us on Instagram. You can follow us at Green Style with the double L. The extra L is because we're students on a budget. So DM us with ideas, questions, and we love a good chat around here. And we want you to be a part of it. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Green Style podcast. Hello, it's Lucy here. And for this episode, I speak with sisters Jess and Steph Dadon from Tubes Shoes. Having started pre-COVID-19, we find out what this was like and their thought process in the creation and transformation of their brand. They also run the blog How To Live, and that's two as in T-W-O. We talk trends and consumerism and how this affects their work and also sustainable kettles. Keep listening to hear more from the most fashionable vegan gals I know. All right. Okay, so first things first, context for the listener. I actually met you guys on, what was it? May 21st, I think it was. That was the date of the climate march. And I remember I jumped on the train. I just had an MRI because I have a running injury. Long story. But anyway, I jump on and swing my camera around and I'm walking around. I bumped into a few people I knew. And then I just saw these, these very fashionable women walking along the grass, heading along with their posters. And it was you guys, little did I know. And happens that you have a brand that I actually hadn't heard of before. I like seriously can't believe like the stories that I've heard about um, sort of like how you started like back the stories of hanging out the front of fashion shows that you weren't necessarily invited to. Um, it's, <laughs> it's just like I love that so much, and and like it worked for you guys and you you know with how to how to live, um, which I I had to get my head around it because I was searching how to live and it kept coming up with like. 101 ways to live your fullest life and I was like oh why is this not coming up um and then yeah and then I realized <laughs> T-W-O how to live uh yeah so um it's funny though because when you guys were living that life I was, would have been in my room in like grade three with my little sketchbook like drawing myself getting on a plane to New York getting like photographed by paparazzi like, and you guys are actually doing that so um a little bit jealous, a little bit jealous. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you did an interview with the Urban List ages ago, um, 2014, actually. And they sort of talked about like you doing other jobs and things and sort of like trying to build up your career a bit. And you sort of predicted that hopefully it'll slowly consume your life at some point. Do you feel like that has come true? Do you feel like you've gotten to a position where, you know, fashion and blogging, this is uh, really your niche now and um, where you're really comfortable in oh my god you're really taking us back I love some of those great <laughs> stories like sneaking into fashion weeks now with like no international travel seems like an absolute lifetime ago but yeah. it was so much fun and it was actually quite funny because even as we got 
more established, you know, you think that one day you're just going to make it and then everyone's going to invite you everywhere and you won't have to do that anymore. But even as we got more established in how to live and in tubes, we still were having to do stuff like that. We were Mm. still having to sneak into shows or we would be like, oh, we wanted to get invited to that show. We'd see celebrities were going to be at a certain show. Like Rihanna's going to be there. We've got to get there. So it wasn't like just one day people were like, oh, now here are the golden keys and you can come Mm. to everything. I feel like we're still doing it in so many ways. Even with our podcast, we hustle to get guests onto our podcast and we craft emails in in sneaky ways or not sneaky but clever you know yeah yeah so I feel like yeah it it did it has become much more of a part of our lives and as we've gotten tubes and started this shoe brand you know the first couple of years of that we were like oh we're still legit now we have a shoe brand Mm -hmm. but to other people it was like "Mm, prove yourselves kind of thing so we really had to keep working at it we landed a collab with Gorman a couple of years in, which was really massive for the brand and really helped things like that help take it yeah. to the next level. And only now are we really seeing, particularly with this environmental focus that we've brought in, we were always vegan and animal focused, but now really focused on the environment. People are starting to take it more seriously, being stocked in things like David Jones or the iconic people take those things more seriously. But it's funny because to us, we're still the same people. We're still doing the same thing. We're still just like being cheeky behind the scenes and doing what we can to land deals. Mm. And it's just so funny, the perception that people only take you seriously at a certain level or when Mm. you've been doing it for long enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I can, yeah, I can definitely relate to it a bit. Like I volunteer at Fashion Week and you try and like sort of, you know, at the end of it, they're like, all right, and now we'll be serving, you know, like um, like San Pellegrino and like lemon cakes and like mingling time. And I'm just like, I'm like staff, <laughs> but I'm not meant to, but I'm like weaseling my way, like talk to like Claire <laughs> Press and, you know, those kinds of people, um, which, yeah, I don't usually have the guts to like go up to them, but I, I, I have a bit before and you're not really meant to. They tell you, they're like, guys, there's going to be like <laughs> some famous people here today, like just you know, keep a distance, be respectful. They're here as guests and not here as your friend. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll try to <laughs> remember that. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good point that you make though, kind of about like faking it till you make it like to a certain, would you agree? There's a certain amount of that, like that you have to sort yeah, of go along with. We did a long time of faking it. And I, I would say even now we still fake things. Mm. Like I run, like I'll sit next to my cousin at, a family dinner and she's like oh my god I can't believe what's happening with tubes it's going off like it's insane (laughs) and I turn to her and I'm like why what have you seen and she'll tell me and it's just something that we've kind of created ourselves I think that it is it's definitely a lot of levels up from where it was before but we're still just at every point finding the next way for us to take things to the next level Mm. and sometimes that means finding a perception that makes you bigger to ultimately eventually get you bigger Mm. you know it's yeah us it's just like me and Jess on the phone together coming up with ideas and yeah our team's grown a little bit we have three employees who work with us now but we've kept Mm. it quite lean which is so nice when we were small we were like 
let's be this big company and have all these employees. And now we're like, no, it's so fun with this little family and Mm. we get to just have so much fun together. And it's so funny because we dreamed of having this big brand and I guess it's, it's getting there and it's bigger, but it still just feels the same on the inside. We're just doing what we love. Some more people are buying, some more people are knowing about it, which is really cool because we get to do more of what we love, but it still just feels the same to us. And yeah, so often we feel like we're totally just faking it. Um, so your Instagram bio reads, vegan shoes made from recycled stuff and love. I love that, just saying. <laughs> um, so talk to me about your brand. Like, who is it for? What's it about? Like, what is your brand made of? Like, tell the listeners um, for, yeah, for those who are very interested. So we started our brand Tubes, which is a footwear brand, in 2016. And I think what's really great about Tubes is that it can evolve with us. I think sometimes when brands come out, it's like, this is what they are today and this is what they'll be forever. And what's really great about Tubes and the reason that we really enjoy running it is that it's like, however we feel, whatever we're interested in in this moment, we can infuse into our brand. So the brand was born from this idea of females having to wear really uncomfortable shoes Um, at the time we were wearing ridiculously high platform shoes around fashion week I've got this story where I stacked it in front of a very famous street style photographer fell on my face and he just like shoved the camera in my face and click click clicked away I was so mortified but I mean worse than that right There's falling over, but then there's just the constant blisters that women have to deal with. The idea that you take off your shoes at some point in the night, like all these things just seemed really ridiculous to us. Mm -hmm. And also we were really animal lovers. And at the time, especially, there was no such thing as cool vegan fashion. You very Mm -hmm. much associated vegan fashion with brown, drab, boring. There was nothing like if you wanted to be vegan, that's great, but you're not also going to be fashionable. And we were really interested in bringing something to the market for us, essentially, you know, for young women who wanted to look amazing and feel amazing and be able to do all the things we wanted to do without our shoes getting in the way. Mm. Um, and since then the brand's gone on this epic journey and fast forward through different collaborations and partnering with retailers and getting some amazing opportunities to walk down runways and things we came to this point probably in 2019 was when it first I would say the beginning of 2019 we were definitely environmentally minded you know our very first production order it arrived in poly bags which is thin plastic bags and we just had we had no idea what we were doing when we launched our first collection Mm -hmm. but that was enough to make us go hey what's up with this why is there so much Mm -hmm. plastic what's going on but we weren't really doing anything radical Mm -hmm. radically different from what other brands were doing in terms of the environment And then more and more through our personal lives, we started to get really passionate about the environment. And it was like that thing where you would take a 
reusable bag to the supermarket to make sure you didn't have to use a plastic bag, but then we would rock up to work and we were just producing plastic shoes and we really didn't feel good about it. And there was this total disconnect between the way that we were living our lives and the way that we were producing these shoes. We, it it was actually at the beginning of 2020 when COVID hit, where we were kind of on this hamster wheel where we'd identified that we wanted to be doing more for the environment and we weren't really feeling fulfilled by the way that we were doing things, but we didn't know how because we had all these runs booked in with the retailers. We needed to keep fulfilling those orders. And so we didn't really see a way out, but we knew that we weren't happy with what was going on. And then COVID hit and everything just came to a halt and retailers were cancelling orders. We were really lucky that we'd landed with our retailers already. So we didn't get any orders cancelled, but it gave us this beautiful time of silence where even our online customers weren't really buying. And we were able to take a step back and be like, okay, cool. We could freak out here because our sales are at zero or we could see this as a really beautiful opportunity to reassess our whole business and think about what we really want to be doing with it. And how often do you get an opportunity like that? So Jess and I got together and we make decisions quickly. We are just people that like have ideas. We get excited by them and we run with it. And so within a couple of days, we had canceled our whole order for that coming summer for the end of 2020, because we were like, we don't want to produce I think it was a line of 23 shoes and mm. they were all going to be, uh, you know, with trills and fr- and trills with frills and trims yeah. and all these like jewels and fun things. Yeah. And we were like, nah, this isn't the most sustainable option. What can we do here? And so rather than a lot of brands who decide they want to be more sustainable and then come up with a five or 10 year plan, uh, and as Jessica said the other day, well, somebody sent an ask in our message group internally that some brand has a plan um, to change things by oh no it wasn't volvo who was it no no it it was some brand has a plan to change Mm. no volvo's going all electric immediately which we love but it was some Mm. brand that has a plan to change things by 2030 and jessica wrote back 2030 we'll all be dead by then (laughs) and you know it's very much like there's an urgency here like yeah. what is this 10-year plan mm. it's just performative at this point because yeah. we wanted to make real change not yeah. some future idea of change so we cancelled the whole collection and we started to be like right what can we do right now it's not going to be the absolute best that it can be we even mm. played with the idea of closing the brand and we were like would that be the most badass thing to do is to like <laughs> say to people look we've closed tubes because this is how dire things are for the environment Mm. we need to close our brands and we were like well people are still going to be buying shoes people are still going to be making shoes whether or not we're the ones to make them so we actually have an opportunity here to do things a lot better a lot more ethically in every way and so that's what we decided to do so we launched our first iteration last year which was we made our shoes from recycled materials we went carbon neutral which is very easy to do and any brand could be doing it it just takes giving we give a couple of dollars per shoe that is purchased uh to and we use it to fund environmental projects like planting Mm. of trees and that kind of thing and we use an app that plugs into shopify called eco cart that any brand could get 
you plug in all your details and it tells you how much you need to be spending per item in order to offset your carbon. Mm. Uh, and then we also introduced a recycle program where rather than at the end of their life, if people have very well-worn shoes that they can no longer use, rather than throwing them in the bin, they send them back to us and we can create mm. them into playground mats and things like that. And these yeah. were the lowest hanging fruit. Like we're already doing more than most brands are doing with that stuff. And we laugh at that sadly, like we mm. half laugh, half cry because yeah. <laughs> that's the lowest hanging fruit. It was so easy and it's more than most brands are doing. And now we're yeah. on this journey where we're like looking for best practices and constantly looking for new materials and what else we can be doing. And we've like totally reconstructed our shoes the way they're made so that minimal glue is involved and all these kinds of things. But we want to see so many brands doing so much more. And mm. we, a, a big part of it for us is, a educating other brands that hey you can be doing this it's not that hard these are the things we're doing and mm. also educating customers and saying to them stop buying so much you don't need to buy like brands make customers feel like they need things in order to feel whole in order to feel good about themselves and when did we get so off track as a society that that's what we're doing to people is making them feel shit about themselves and acting like a purchase is going to make them feel differently. So a big part of it has been through our messaging and through educating consumers. And we've gotten so much feedback. We recently did a survey on our customers and we had hundreds of people writing to us saying they've rethought their purchase from us uh, because we say to them, don't buy, don't buy 10 pairs of tubes. We know you love them all. Mm. And some people want to collect everyone, but you don't need 10, just buy one when you need them. And mm. also people have rethought purchases from other brands, which we just love so much that we're getting mm. people to really stop and think because we really need to see these shifts in attitude in order to change things for the environment. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's funny that you brought up um, that as well because that was going to be sort of my next point. But what I want to touch on though is that I love that like just as like, you know, as the world sort of like got so much political and economic instability, like in 2019, the early 2020, sort of that time, like you guys are like, no, nah, we're going ahead with it. We're going to do it. Um, and you really stuck to it. And because I think the logic often is like, if someone, you know, is a creative and they, they do care about the environment, they're sort of like, well, they're sort of in this, like, they're sort of torn because, you know, they want to make things because that's their passion. But at the same time, they're thinking, well, you know, that story of like, well, who needs another chair? Do we really need to make another chair? Like they've all been made before and there's only going to be more of it. But I think as you're saying, it's like the potential, like it has the potential to change people's opinions and hopefully like maybe reverse some of that damage that we've already begun to do. I mean, you hope so. And it sounds like you have been very successful in that sense. Yeah, well, and we totally relate to the feeling that you're talking about because even now we still get it. Like we still come to work sometimes. We're like, are we doing enough? Like, is it okay that we feel good about what we're doing? We don't know. But like, I'll give you an example. My kettle broke after three years mm. in January I, and I was trying to get it fixed. And then yesterday I was told that you can no longer fix kettles in the way they're made. And the guy said to me, most kettles won't last longer than three years. So it's like, great. Then an environmentalist kettle maker needs to come <laughs> along and needs to make us a proper kettle that lasts long <laughs> and 
can also be repaired. You know, like yeah. what dealing with right now in the mass of stuff that's being created is just junk. And like, don't create more junk, but use your creativity to create something that actually mm. changes stuff. Cause like we need to change things. It's ridiculous that kettles mm. only last three years. That's a ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. That's I, ridiculous. I'm, now, now I'm thinking about our kettle. We've had ours for years, but it, I think ours is a bit older though. Um, yeah, but three mm. years doesn't sound good enough. No, that's that ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where's our creative <laughs> environmentalist kettle maker? We need people coming up with these solutions. And it's really cool because I think a lot of people that are like, I'm 33 and people that are my age, it's like that in-between age where they see that the world has been destroyed, but they're not really realizing that they have the power to do something about it. And I love that mm. from your perspective of somebody younger, that it, that people really are questioning these things. And we need people to kind of go through that process of what we did, that it's not, you're not totally helpless. The, the answer isn't to just close everything and not make anything. It's to find the problems and create mm. solutions and create better things. Yeah. Absolutely. I even like debate it with myself, you know, like, do we really need another communication student coming through university? Like, is it really like, should have I been doing like some sort of environmental, like engineering sort of course? But it's like, I think you kind of do have to follow still what, um, what you're passionate about and where your strengths are. And hopefully like uplift, like in my position, I can uplift people like you who are finding, um, those solutions and hopefully like show other people who might be might be someone right might be listening right now and they might be thinking you know what I'm going to design a kettle and I'm going to make it a very environmentally sustainable kettle because I know you know what I hope someone does and if you do uh please let us know because I think you've got some people who'd like to buy it um <laughs> yeah so and I'll buy one too um and yes yeah, so, and we went through that yeah. same journey just so you know like we were we had started this shoe label and then we had this whole crisis a couple of years ago where we were like is this the best thing that we could be doing but I think you can always think that you know no matter what you're doing I feel like everybody thinks that and I think mm. there's there are solutions to be created everywhere. And I never thought that through having a shoe label that we were going to be so fulfilled and feel like we were making such an impact. But it's kind of cool that we have these different skills in these different areas mm-hmm. and we can utilize them in, in all these amazing different ways to make an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, sort of like this sort of touches on a few different things you mentioned before. A quote I really liked. Uh, from you guys, which is from the One Together podcast um, that you guys did a while ago, was we don't like being on trend because it means you're about to be off trend. And I mean, there's a few different ways you can look at that, but it personally resonated with me because like the idea of a trend is such a fundamental part of like consumption patterns today. And I think so many people... um, no, they're not really buying for themselves anymore. You know, as you said before, you know, people are just buying things to keep up with these trends. And the problem that like some research that I did for uni, that like one of the biggest reasons people don't feel like they could buy from a brand like yours, because I think like there's too many connotations with this um, green, like linen, like neutral colors. And that, it's, you know, it's like 
all organic and they don't think that they can get their style or get that trend from that a brand that's um, creating things more sustainably and more ethically, which I can totally see the logic there. But the problem, there's like an internal conflict here because brands like you guys, you're not trying to make things that are trendy. You're trying to make things that will fit into every individual style that's sort of more of more of a not necessarily basic in terms of like stylistically but in that it's malleable and that it can like slide into a personal yeah is that is that would you guys agree with that is that sort of how you approach design that's really what I'm wondering um yeah yeah I think it's really hard like especially uh, I'm the first to admit like I am a shopaholic I Mm. love that I'll, I'll call myself like a recovering shopaholic, you know, like I'm yeah. very aware of my tendencies and I, I don't buy a lot anymore, but I still have the feelings come up inside of me. Like I need to buy. And then I'm just much more aware. And I then stop myself and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? You're obviously feeling unfulfilled. Um, mm. what, what else can we do? Um, but so I feel like I really can relate to the people that feel like they want to shop on trend um, and that get really excited by all the pretty things that they see because that's what we've grown up to think. Like I actually wrote an article for Tubes for our blog, A Kind of Blog, which is where Steph and I just like share our thoughts and try to hopefully teach our customers a thing or two about buying sustainably. And um, I spoke about... I remember being so young and like, it's a Saturday. And the only thing I want to do is like for my mom to take me to Target so I can go and I can try on every piece in the, in the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen collection. Only she'll let me buy a piece. And then what if she lets me also put a lip smacker in and the elation that I would feel from that. And I feel Mm. like, we learn this from such a young age. And, and I know like I grew up in the 90s, so I was like in the heart of it. But I see from my boyfriend who has a niece now, she's three. And I go there and she is dripping in jewels. They're like fake jewels, but yeah. they're jewels nonetheless. You know, and she's wearing like sunnies and she's got little bags and everyone tells her how pretty she looks. And mm. she loves it when someone brings her something new. And so like, it's so layered and Mm. it's baked into us from when we are so young, especially from women. So Mm. I think that just to say as a brand to be like cold turkey, no, no trends, we're done. Like we're boring, it's drab now. You only buy it when you really need it. Otherwise go away. Like, I don't know that that's the best way to get people on board. Um, so at Tubes, like we're constantly asking ourselves those questions because it's like, if we're only speaking to a really niche amount of people, a tiny, tiny amount that could get on board with never buying anything, like how much change are we really creating? They're probably thinking and doing those things already. So there's a balance, I feel, that we can strike where we're still really fun, you know, and like you can come and you can buy like a poppy color from us that's made to last that you won't be sick of. But how do we bring like a little bit of fun into it? So it still lights you up in that same way. It's not making you feel like, oh, that's such a boring brand. I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to go to Topshop mm. or whatever. Mm. RIP Topshop, sorry, not Topshop. <laughs> 
R.I.P. But, you know, so, and so with tubes, like something that we're exploring at the moment is you've got your shoe, which is like, I, I would call it like a staple for your wardrobe that you won't get sick of. Um, and then maybe what we're looking at doing is like creating some add-ons, kind of like similarly to the cute little things you can add onto your Crocs um, so that you can thread something onto your tube that can kind of mm. breathe new life into it. You're not having to buy a whole new shoe. That, that thing would be made of off-cuts. So it's like wasted material. Creative solutions to the problem that you're talking about, I guess. Mm. But I also had a bit of a different question because I know you guys are very, uh, very much into animal welfare and obviously the environment. Um, this is something I've actually been wondering about and I was very curious to know what you thought about uh, like specifically like buying vintage goods that have animal products. What do you think about that? Because I'm actually not sure where I stand. Yeah, I just wanted to know what you thought. So I'm actually about to move into a new house and I've been buying all my furniture um, on Facebook marketplace because that for me, I was like, that's the most sustainable option is buy things that are already in circulation. Hmm. And when it came to leather, I had to kind of work out how do I feel about that? Because a lot of, I'm in Byron, I want like a bit of a boho, nice vibe, you know, Hmm. and a lot of the Pinterest boards that I'm creating have a a beautiful brown leather couch in their nice white house and I'm Mm. like oh okay if it was a second hand leather couch somebody's already bought it's already in circulation maybe I'm okay with that and I was speaking to my best friend about it the other day because and just so you know we have uh, the items that we have in our wardrobe already that are leather we, we didn't go and throw them out because that would be Mm. terrible for the environment so we have kept those items and we do still wear those items I think Mm. like my wallet here is leather um and that's something that I got before um we started only buying vegan things but when it came to this leather couch I said it to my best friend she goes but do you really want the energy of a dead animal in your house like that and I was like oh shit you're right I don't want it you know Mm. and I think there's something about keeping your old thing that you've already had that feels okay because that is the most sustainable thing but to buy something new even though it's secondhand or vintage that is made from an animal I think for me I just can't get my head around it I feel like it just wouldn't feel right yeah and I know it is a very personal preference and I think for people that don't want to be buying new, but they do want leather. I think that's a great option is buy vintage leather. It's already in circulation. But if we were all going out and, you know, I was like, well, I am taking some that leather couch that maybe somebody else would have bought. So maybe they're going to go buy a new one now. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I mean, like, yeah, you. I guess you can't really, yeah, think about whether, I mean, well, you can think about it, but I guess like some people would probably argue that's like going a step too far thinking about like taking away someone else's couch but you do make a good point because yeah if someone else is going to go buy a brand new one are you just then um, basically like perpetuating like unethical behaviors on the behalf of like the industries producing these goods I don't know like yeah, yeah I'm a bit torn yeah and I think also it's like 
I don't know, sometimes I'm like, oh, do I have my sustainability hat on or do I have my, um, you know, animal rights hat on? Mm. And I think like when it comes to something like leather or I think it, when it comes to animals, I do just have total animal rights blinkers on. And I would say yeah. I, I, I fall into the category of no um, in terms of sustainability. Um, I'd, I'd be really interested to know, like, uh, I, I, I know like a fair bit about sustainability, but I wouldn't feel comfortable saying definitively whether or not it would make a difference, but I would think it wouldn't, whether or not it was a synthetic couch or a leather couch. Yeah, because I was at a market on the weekend, which, oh, do you guys know Clementine Ford as well? Yeah. Um, yeah. I was walking around and like everyone had masks on, obviously. And then I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God. Like I could just tell you, because she's got such an iconic look. So I was just like, oh my God, no way, no way. And yeah. And then I, I said hi eventually, but I was so nervous. Oh God. She was, she was Amazing. selling um, her goods. Um, yeah. And she, yeah. And what I, I liked something she said as well, because I asked her about like, you know, why she was selling her clothes today. And it wasn't just that it's like a more sustainable option to be sharing these things, but it's almost like creating community, this way of like this new idea of like sustainability and clothing. It's like, I think people feel like when you want to be a sustainable, um, you know, consumer that you have to sort of say goodbye to a few things. Like you said before, you have, you can't be fashionable. You can't be, um, you can't be all these other things, but it's almost like we can make this new community and that's what we love doing at green style so much as well as that. And it seems like you guys are sort of in that direction as well, like sort of trying to make this new space for people to like, don't feel like you can be shut off from like the fashion world um, and, you know, sort of give up something. Yeah. And which mm, I really like. Yeah. 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 Cause I think it does give people something that Absolutely. fashion, that fun, and so we don't want to say to people, don't be fashionable. It's just a new way of thinking about it. You don't need to go out and buy everything new in order to be fashionable. You can rewear the same thing a lot of times and that can still be fashionable. Just mm. normalizing a kind of new way of being fashionable so that we mm. don't have to give up the fun, but we can give up harming the environment. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, really like the last thing I just wanted to touch on was um, what are you both most proud of? Like if it's something different or maybe you're both proud of the same thing um, in regards to what you've been able to achieve through your brand. I think I'm really proud that we've been able to let go of the ego of being successful. So I think when we set out and I, think this is pretty common is that it's very individual focus and it's like I'm going to create this big thing and that was really what drove us in the beginning was we want to be these bloggers and we want to be we want to have this shoe label and we've really been able to just let go of that drive that as a driver that doesn't drive us anymore and if it is driving us we pick up on it and we're like oh hang on that's just ego-based that's not real and really focus on doing actual good and I think a lot of brands now are whether it's their sustainability goals for 10 years time when we're all dead as Jess says or <laughs> whether it's just coming up with you know they, they slap a 
oh, this was made from some plastic bottles on something. They're not actually creating change because it's not coming from a genuine place. And I'm really proud of us that we've been able to really look at ourselves, really do some inner work and inner work on our business and work out what is actually going to have the most amount of impact, even if it does hurt us or means that we're not the biggest. And ironically, it's led to a huge increase in sales, in how well known we are, just going on this environmental journey because we've let go of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But but that's not the driver and that's never the driver for us anymore. And I think that that's where real incredible change can come from. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mine's probably similar. I guess if I think back to 18 months ago, even, or even more recently, probably Steph and I were really unsatisfied in our business for like a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling like I wasn't going to be happy if I kept doing this. And I just didn't see a way that Steph and I could really like align our values with our business in such a way that would allow us to feel really good about coming to work. Um, And so I feel really proud that like sometimes people will remind me of that. Like if I catch up with friends and they hear me talking about work and how how excited I am and how joyous I am every day when I get to come to work or go to my dining table in my pajamas on the day that I work from home, that they remind me how that was not how I used to be, that I used to really resent our business, that I felt like we were doing terrible things for the environment and I just didn't know how to stop. Mm -hmm. And so I feel really proud because I think if we were different people, if we weren't who we are, we probably just would have kept going down that journey and being like, oh, well, this is what society tells us will make us happy. And this is what they the Jones and the Iconic are asking for. So we'll just keep doing it. Um, but to say no takes a lot of courage. And I think that I feel really proud that we got to a place eventually where we could say no and did what we felt was right. Thank you so much for listening to the Green Style Podcast. We'd love for you to chuck us a follow on Insta so you can be a part of an informed conversation about changing not only the fast fashion industry, but consumer culture itself. Any links or notes will be included in the show notes for you to check out. Stay well and stay green, friends. We'll be here next time. See you soon. Bye.